Welcome, one and all, to the Chicago Sky Podcast, Above the Clouds for Regal Radio. I am your host, Chris Pennant, Chicago Sky and Basketball Insider. Find us online at weareregalradio.com and find me on Twitter at K-W-A-N-D-A-R-Y-Kitten on Twitter. Here with Patricia Babcock-McGraw of the Daily Herald, also broadcaster for the Chicago Sky and with the Chicago Sky back in the playoffs for the first time in three years. All eyes will be turned to Wintrust Arena September 11th for the 7 p.m. matchup with the Phoenix Mercury. Uh, Patricia News just came out that Diana Taurasi is not expected to play, according to head coach Sandy Brondello. She's been dealing with a hamstring injury in addition to uh, her nearly season-long recovery from back surgery. So on uh, the last matchup, Leilani Mitchell got some time at point guard. But what do you expect to see tomorrow night with that news? Well, mostly what we've seen all season with Phoenix. Obviously, Diana Trazzi missed almost all of the season recovering from her back surgery. Um, I'm kind of sad about that because I always love watching her play. She's probably one of my favorite players of all time in this league. I, I just love her moxie and her swagger. I think that any team with a Diana Trazzi on it is one of the best in the league, uh, no matter what. I think this team has kind of been an up and down team all season just because they've kind of been waiting to see when and if she's coming back. Um, Now that we know that she's not playing, you know, they can kind of play around that a little bit. They still have two of the best players in the league. Brittany Griner is obviously leading the league in scoring. You know, then you have Dewana Bonner, who's fifth in scoring. And I think Lilani Mitchell has had one of the best uh, seasons in the league. Um, I, I would say that she is um, you know one of the most improved players in the league. Her numbers have just exploded because she has kind of fit into that Diana Taurasi role. So you know, even though the Sky uh, went 3-0 against Phoenix this season, I, I still think that Phoenix is a dangerous team. The Sky better watch out, even though they're at home. Um, there are a lot of weapons on this Phoenix team. And let's face it, the last, team, the last time that the Sky played uh, Phoenix, Brittany Griner went crazy. And that's, that's a tough one-two combination to stop with Brittany Griner and Dewana Bonner. So I think it's going to be a tough game for this guy, even at home. Uh, and so they better be prepared, and they better be uh, prepared to be strong inside, to find a way to slow down Brittany Griner. I got a chance to talk to Nick Neendorf of High Post Hoops, who's been doing some good work all season long. And we talked about who we thought our X factors were for the sky in the playoffs. Obviously, Courtney Vandersloot is an MVP candidate with the season that she's had, uh, setting a new single-season assist record. I think, a new, I, I think a new career high for her in assists per game as well. So we know about her. We know about the season Diamond DeShields has had that is somehow under the radar in what's been a fantastic season across the league. But who do you think, out of the, the other players on the team, is the one is the one most necessary to step up and have a big game alongside those two in order for the sky to be successful tomorrow and throughout the playoffs. Well, first of all, let me just say about Courtney Vandersloot. Um, I voted for her for most valuable player uh, because uh, I think it's tempting to vote for Elena Deladon. She has um, all the big numbers. She has led her team to first place in, in the league standings. Uh, they're the favorite to win the, the title this year. And uh, under normal circumstances, I would probably vote for EDD for MVP. Uh, but 
you know, just in thinking about the value that uh, Courtney Vandersloot brought to her team this year and in talking to some of her teammates and and, and saying, you know, what is the true definition of the most valuable player in the league? And you talk about value. And um, I think that Courtney Vandersloot has proven her value over and over again this season in terms of not only producing big numbers for herself, but uh, she has really just made each and every single player on her team all of her teammates better players this season and that has shown in um, the sky's record this season and so obviously you talk about her being an x-factor but somebody that you know maybe you're not thinking right off the top of your head x-factor for the sky I mean I think one of the the biggest players who's got to step up um, each and every night from here on out for the sky is Cheyenne Parker um, I think that we've seen some some really good moments out of her this season off the bench um, both in scoring and rebounding. And, um, you know, we've talked about it all season on the broadcast about how, you know, now that you're down Jantel Lavender with the injury, you know, you're kind of short-staffed a little bit um, in the bigs department. And so Cheyenne uh, is really going to need to, to raise and elevate her game uh, to provide some depth at that position, you know, uh, giving a stew-do a little bit of a blow and, and um, you know, being able to tackle some of these um, bigger centers. I mean, it's been a great year for bigs this season in the WNBA. And so in order for the sky to keep advancing players like Cheyenne Parker, are really going to have to come in and provide some good defense, uh, provide some scoring uh, inside. She's going to uh, have to uh, go up against Brittany Griner again uh, uh, tomorrow night. So I think that I'm looking for big things out of Cheyenne Parker. She's, she's really got to have a good playoffs uh, for the sky to do well. It's been interesting over the last couple of months. She started off the season so well, uh, and just in terms of not only the numbers that she was putting up, but a lot of advanced metrics, she was grabbing a really high percentage of rebounds, and I think some at the offensive end as well, and kind of tailed off towards the middle of the season and then really kicked it back. So it's really interesting um, what she's been able to do that last month of the season, especially in August where the sky had such a good record. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that she has just, I, I thought last year she really turned the corner in her career um, and uh, with just her production, her, her numbers went up a lot last year. I think this year she's kind of elevated even more by kind of evolving her herself and, and, and her look and, you know, she's uh, dropped some weight. She's gotten in better shape. She's eating better. I think all of those things have translated into her being uh, you know, a, a real uh, contributor, like a real producer for this team. And uh, I really feel, I don't think that she's going to get it. I, I, uh, I feel like uh, Derricka Hamby of the uh, Las Vegas Aces is going to get that sixth uh, woman of the year award. But I think that you could mention Cheyenne Parker right there among uh, the, the top players in the league coming off the bench and, and giving meaningful minutes for um, their teams. I wholeheartedly agree. I think, the the clearest indication of that, ironically enough, was in that loss to Minnesota in Minnesota, where she was, I think, just the main, if not the main focus of the offense in the fourth quarter, she was the person keeping the sky in the game. I can't remember, I think it was either 22 or 24 points she finished with. And I remember I wasn't able to watch that game, but I was following along as I could on Twitter and somebody... <laughs> Somebody tweeted, it's like some words I never thought I'd say. It's like, somebody's going to have to stop Cheyenne Parker. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I mean, I, I really feel like she can be a force in this league. And I, I, you know, she had like, I think it was June where she had some crazy productive games. And you could just see 
the confidence coming from her with each and every game where she was uh, just feeling more and more comfortable kind of commanding the basketball, asking for it down the post. She, she was really you know, being uh, super aggressive on the boards. Um, so I think that if she can kind of get ahead of steam, she could be really effective in the playoffs for this guy. Not to look too far forward, but with the way that Phoenix ended the season, as we talked about, they've been so up and down without Diana Taurasi over the over the course of the year, and they kind of limped into the playoffs. Say if the Sky win tomorrow, don't want to jinx anything, but if they win tomorrow, they would most likely face uh, the Aces on Sunday. And that's a matchup where the Aces have that kind of brutal stretch to finish the season Four of their last five were on the road, which is how most mainly how they ended up slipping into the fourth spot instead of holding on the third, but they've been a great team all season at home, even though they won't be playing at Mandalay Bay. The sky did take one off the aces this year, but what do you look for James Wade to do in terms of strategy? uh, If the sky make that Sunday game and they're playing the aces in Las Vegas. Well, I think that's going to be uh, an emotional game for both teams. If you remember uh, that last game in Chicago, there was a lot of talking back and forth between both teams. There was some stuff on Twitter afterwards. Um, Liz Cambage, and you talk about Cheyenne Parker. We're kind of going at it a little bit. Steph Dolson as well. Um, So I I think that that's going to be another test for the sky uh, inside. Um, I think that a Stu do is going to have to step up and, and play um, really tough basketball uh, to kind of combat uh, Liz Cambage and uh, Asia Wilson. I, Asia Wilson had a great game in that game. I think it was her first game back from injury and she just uh, went crazy. A lot of weapons on that team. Uh, we, I talked about uh, Derek Hamby earlier. Um, so I think that's going to be a tough matchup for the sky, but I mean, it's what you got to expect at this point in the season. Every game is going to be tough. Um, uh, I think that, uh, I think this, this sky team is kind of hungry though. They've kind of have a chip on their shoulder. They're kind of uh, considering themselves underdogs. Like they don't get a lot of respect. And I think that that is an intangible that um, you can't place a value on in the playoffs. I think that um, the teams that kind of see themselves in that way are very dangerous, very hungry, and it's not a team that you want to face in the playoffs. And I want to kind of take a step back and look at a a large picture in terms of the franchise. The last time the Sky went to the playoffs uh, with Elena Deladon, um, Courtney and Allie and Jameer Faulkner were here, but they lost that series to Indiana back in the old playoff alignment after winning the first game at home. And I want to ask you, what do you see as the differences between that team and this team? I mean, obviously, aside from player personnel and coach, but what's what's the difference in culture? What's the difference in attitude between those two teams? Um, well, first of all, I think this, this team is a little more athletic. Uh, I think there's some really good, long, quick athletes on this team, um, and, and you always want to have that. Uh, especially as you're into the playoffs, that makes you tough to defend. I think this team um, has a lot of really good shooters. I've been saying all season on the broadcast that, uh, you know, you you go down the roster and you can pick anybody and every single player on this team can hit threes and stretch out a defense. Um, I think that that depth of um, offensive production, especially from uh, long range, is very impressive and and it's kind of unique. Um, I don't think that that team in the past had that kind of uh, versatility in the lineup. 
Um, I like the fact that James Wade really tried to give uh, meaningful minutes to a lot of players this season and in tricky situations. I remember there were some, some games this season in which the sky was down. They were not playing well. They were in a hole, even sometimes on the road and he would put in uh, reserves and uh, these guys were getting uh, really great minutes under some duress and uh, really, you know, starting to, to make some strides with just uh, with how they were playing, but kind of from a mental standpoint too. And that those are um, experiences that you can draw on in the playoffs. And that's going to really be an advantage for the sky. So I think this is, might be a deeper team. This might be a more versatile team offensively. Uh, obviously you have an older and more experienced Courtney Vandersloot, a little hungrier Courtney Vandersloot. You know, I think that that's a difference, but in terms of the t- chemistry of the team, uh, I've been hearing all season long, every time I interview these players, uh, talk to them off the record, they just, they seem to be really uh, connected and really happy with each other. They seem to really like one another. And that's, that's a tricky thing that doesn't always happen um, with any team, let alone a professional team. When you're bringing in all these characters from all kinds of different backgrounds, they, they just seem to genuinely like each other and have fun with each other. Though don't, there don't seem to be a lot of egos. I think that you can tell that in the way that they play. You know, they they are uh, I think number two in the league in assists. They always seem to have you know a high percentage of assists to uh, made baskets. Um, you know. 20 plus assists per game uh, that, that's that's not a coincidence you know I mean that's a team that you know passes up uh, good shots for better shots that is not afraid to make their teammates look good and when you have that kind of off the court chemistry it translates into the way the way the team plays on the court and I think that, that could be a big advantage for this team in the playoffs just the way they get along that's an incredibly good point and I know you're you're a veteran you are a veteran basketball player so you understand that that kind of a thing doesn't just trend. You can't just say, okay, we're going to be a passing team if everybody's not on the same wavelength and willing to give up shots for teammates. Absolutely. I mean, and I think that that really starts with Courtney Vandersloot. I think she sets the tone with that. Sometimes over the course of uh, Courtney's career, I felt that she has been too unselfish, that she has passed up a lot of shots. I know that she can have, she's a great scorer. You saw in college that I mean, she could put the ball in the hoop and um, if she can do that here. But she doesn't, she doesn't always do that. It's not important to her to be, you know, like a 15, uh, 10 kind of player. I mean, she's perfectly fine scoring, you know, seven, eight points a game as long as she's getting her teammates the ball. And that, that kind of mentality, uh, you know, uh, sooner rather than later kind of uh, passes off to, to her teammates, kind of rubs off on her teammates, and everybody kind of takes that mentality. And it's really more of a, a team mentality that benefits the entire team in the long run. Above the Clouds, Chicago Sky podcast here talking with Patricia Babcock-McGraw on the Chicago Sky and the WNBA playoffs, which start tomorrow at the time of this broadcast, Wednesday night, September 11th at Wintrust Arena, the Chicago Sky taking on the Phoenix Mercury. Patricia, I want to get back into some wider scale WNBA things. Um, First, really quickly on the ejection fracas that happened on Sunday, uh, just so that we make sure we get some time on that. I already talked about how I think we both understand, we both agree that the ejection, or Kevin Fahey, to do a situation that wasn't warranted there. But with the league uh, rescinding the technical foul and the ejection, what were your thoughts on that? I think that was the right move. I think that's the right message to send. Uh, when you make a mistake, you've got to go in there and correct it, uh, even if it's after the fact. 
Uh, you know, we were talking before that uh, they did review that call at the time. I feel like um, they made a mistake in not re reversing themselves right there on the floor. Um, you know, now you're you're uh, having a, a huge impact on the game, throwing out a player that affects an entire team. Uh, it creates a stressful situation for this Chicago Sky on the road. Um, I feel like, um, you know, I, I think that he felt like he was in a tough situation. Uh, you know, how do I reverse myself here? I am not sure if he really knew what to do or how to get out of it. But as I was saying to you before, I feel like uh, I would have more respect for him uh, in that situation if he just said, hey, you know what, I made a mistake. Let's look at the tape. Let's confer with the other officials. Let's make this situation right. That was not done. I feel like that, that should have been done. And I feel like the, NBA, the WNBA is going to have to have some um, tough discussions in the offseason and to, uh, how to handle some of these officiating situations that come up that really affect games and players. Um, you know, just in general, I think that the uh, officiating in the WNBA uh, should be given a long look. I think that there are some really good uh, referees in this league, but I think that there are some inexperienced ones. I think there's a complete lack of consistency sometimes from game to game. I've seen games where, you know, players can be just pummeled, hacked, and it, the physicality is just off the charts. And uh, nothing's called. And then you see games where every little thing is called and the game just lasts forever. And uh, there's free throws on top of free throws, fouls on top of fouls, reviews on top of reviews. And there, there's just complete lack of consistency from game to game. It's confusing for the players. It's confusing for the coaches. It's confusing and frustrating for the fans. And so that really needs to be addressed. How you handle just in-game situations from game to game, how you handle these tougher situations, what to do, how to right wrongs. All of these things are going to have to be under review by the league. They've got to get a hold on it because fans are really starting to, to lose it. Uh, you see it all the time on Twitter. Um, uh, the, the reactions of the fans to the league officiating is is uh, getting to a breaking point, and the WNBA is going to have to do something about it. And that'll be I'm, – I'm sure that'll be a central topic in the offseason with the CBA negotiations between uh, the league, Kathy Engelbert, the new commissioner – and the Players Association. It'll be really interesting to see how that shakes out uh, because, I mean, you're right. It's, it's inconsistent between games, which led to the, uh, the players speaking out about it publicly. And then I think that led to a kind of a 180 near the, tip, near the end of the season where way more fouls were being called. And then it seemed like players didn't exactly know how to handle the switch. So really, really going to be interesting to see how that goes. Last thing I want to talk about is the uh, what Pokey Chapman being dismissed from the Indiana Fever from her position as head coach and GM. Um, Fever with a much better season than they'd had in the last two seasons with uh, Pokey at the helm, made some definite improvements and were in the running for a playoff spot uh, until the last few weeks of the season. But uh, Tamika Catchings, who was recently hired, hired this year as a VP of operations with the Fever, decided that uh, they were going to look for a new coach. And at first I was, I was surprised because Pokey, in Pokey's time with the Chicago Sky, I never at any time felt she was anything less than a top quality head coach. Uh, my interactions with her in the post game and just watching how the team played. But with a team like Indiana that's been to the playoffs, they've been to the playoffs 12 straight seasons before she came on, I can see some of it from that perspective. But what were your thoughts? 
Well, uh, I was surprised. Um, you know, they, they've had a couple of tough seasons in a row, but uh, they've also been dealing with a ton of injuries uh, at Indiana. They've had, um, you know, some younger players uh, that Pokey was trying to um, bring along. I have a soft spot for Pokey. Um, you know, I uh, dealt with her from the uh, beginning of her tenure with the Sky and always thought that she was very uh, cooperative, easy to deal with, very pleasant person. Um, I um, uh, not only did she uh, uh, was she very accommodating and, and nice to the media, I feel like uh, the players here liked her a lot. Uh, I've heard a lot of comments about her being a, a player's coach, just being very relatable, very easygoing. Um you know, easy to deal with. Um, and so I, I'm sure that um, a lot of the players in Indiana feel the same way. Um, a lot of people, I think, uh, expected her to get at least one more uh, year there in Indiana to kind of turn things around. But they, they had some really nice moments this season and were really pushing to even make the playoffs, even with some injuries, some newer players, um, you know, uh, out on the floor a lot. They've got some nice pieces. I think that they could be a nice team. And don't forget, when she took over, she's dealing with a team that is minus uh, Tamika Ketchings, one of the best players of all time. You know, so right. it, it was kind of a, you know, a, a tough time for her to take over that team. Then right away, she had injuries. Um, and so, uh, you know, I, a little surprising. Uh, I, I totally respect uh, Tamika Ketchings as a decision maker for the Fever. I know that she has the uh, franchise's uh, best interests uh, in mind. But uh, definitely, um, you know, a little surprised about Pokey. Um, I, I think that she could have probably um, done really good things with one more year. Um, she'll probably land on her feet. You know, she went straight from uh, Chicago and got the Indiana job. Um, she's a good coach. She has a good history in this league. But it just goes to show you how competitive this league is and how, you know, if you're not winning, uh, you know, you're on the hot seat. Patricia Babcock-McGraw, once again, uh, basketball senior writer for the Daily Herald, broadcaster for the Chicago Sky. I'm really excited about the playoffs, really excited about the, the offseason, even just the future of this league. It's kind of a palpable excitement. And just it, it just seems like everything is, is burgeoning and growing and, and, and advancing in terms of fan engagement, uh, something I wrote about recently. Uh, just lastly, what, what are you seeing in that position when you're on the broadcast or when you're at the games, what are you seeing in the stands that leads you to believe Does anything leads you to believe the, where the trajectory of the WNBA is headed? Well, um, I, I, you know, I've been with this guy since the very start, since they started in uh, 2006 and I've seen, you know, a consistent increase in attendance and an enthusiasm. I, I feel like, even though I don't, I'm not a big Twitter person. I do check Twitter to see, you know, make sure I know what's going on. And um, I sometimes am in disbelief at how many people are engaging on Twitter about the WNBA and how many people care about it so deeply um, and have uh, such strong feelings about it. And I, that's a great thing for the league. Uh, it's a great thing that people are following these players and these teams so closely. Um, I think that you can see that in the way that um, the games are attended and the, the ratings that, um, you know, TV games get um, and the interest that there is in this league overall. Um, you know, I, it's, it's funny because I um, really was concerned about the league at the start of this season, because as you remember, there were so many top notch right. players that were out. 
you know, the Maya Moore, Diana Tarazi is out. Candace Parker was out for a while. Obviously, uh, Brianna Stewart is out. It just, I mean, you can go down uh, the line. Angel McCautry, uh, Simone Augustus, all these like players, some of the best players of all time in the league were out and um, and out for the season in, in some cases. And, um, you know, what was the league going to look like with all that star power out? And um, I've, I've just, it's been um, a great season um, with all the, you know, different players stepping up and, um, you know, really showing us uh, that they are stars in the making too. And a lot of um, younger talent too, coming in from college and some of these you know, second, third year pros really uh, developing and, and shining. And so I think that that is, is really good news for the future of this league. Excellent analysis as always, Patricia. Thank you once again for coming on. Uh, Patricia Babcock McGraw, the Daily Herald, Chicago Sky broadcaster. Uh, this has been Above the Clouds, the Chicago Sky podcast for Regal Radio. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Quandary Kitten, K-W-A-N-D-A-R-Y Kitten or at Regal Radio 1 for your Regal Radio news. And you can always follow Patricia in the print and on thedailyherald.com and at P. Babcock on Twitter as well. Until next time, folks, be good and do great things. We'll see you at Wintrust. Thanks, Chris. Thanks a lot, Patricia. I appreciate you sticking it out. Yeah, I'll see you tomorrow. No problem. See you tomorrow. Thanks. Bye-bye.